This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello, and you are listening to Sports and Corks. I'm Emily Cornell. And I'm Emily Jarenka. And we are here to talk about the return of sports. Um, it's not all the sports, but sports are slowly coming back. Um, I know that those of you who are watching baseball at 4 a.m. or very deep Eastern European soccer leagues, good for you. Good on you. Uh, we are not doing that. But <laughs> um, this weekend, we I watched the Bundesliga return. And um, it was very, it was an interesting experience. Um, Do you so, want to explain um, what that league is for? Yes. Yes, I so soccer um, in Europe, they have their different leagues. This one specifically is the one in Germany. So um, of all of the European soccer leagues that is that are like beginning to play, the Germans have begun first. They kicked off on Saturday morning. And um, I mean, people I feel like a lot of people have heard of Bayern München and that's just because they're like a very good team. A lot of those players are on the German national team. And um, Bayern really is like the Bundesliga team that people are like, ah, yes, I know of this team. So um, they played on Sunday. Um, and all of the teams played to empty stadiums. Which quite the change. Yeah, it's a big pivot, um, a big thing in soccer in Europe, anywhere outside of the United States. I mean, in the U.S., it's it's big. Like, it's getting bigger, and people are really getting into games. But, like, the, the, the fan atmosphere at soccer games in other countries, it's really, um, you know, it's like going to a game and watching Seattle. Yeah. Like, how it's just, like, so loud, and people are so into it. So, um that that was a big change for the players and they're supposed to like social distance and it's really hard to social distance when you're like both going after the same ball. Um, when they get a goal, like players, you know, they'll like jump on each other and they'll high five and they, there's like that excitement of like, yes, we're winning. Um, now they like, there's one where like these guys were like clapping for each other. Like it was very comedic but like it was only because they couldn't all like high five or they'll like bump elbows um and then like along the sidelines there might be like the subs with their face masks on like some of the coaches are wearing face masks the head coaches don't always seem to be wearing face masks um to be fair it's really hard to yell across the field with your face covered <laughs> um <laughs> like kind of it hurts the coaching process um and then like 
because the the stadium is empty of fans, like players that are not necessarily playing can go sit in the stands and they're all like sitting separate from each other. Same with anyone who like works for the team. So they're, they're all sitting there behind the bench and faces cover face wearing face masks and just like sitting a couple seats apart. So it like, it's such a bizarre thing to witness, but I'm not going to lie. I'm very happy to have watched soccer come back just because like it does give people something to rally around. I mean, of course I want the safety of the players to be like the highest priority. Like it doesn't matter if we have sports back, if we're not taking care of the players, we're not taking care of people. Like we don't need it back if people are going to like be in harm's way. So I'd like to assume that they're taking the necessary precautions um, and just like doing their due diligence here and watched a really good game. Dortmund, um, very good team. <laughs> they have a really good player, Holland, and he's a young guy, so he'll be fun to watch for anyone who is following German soccer or wants to get into German soccer. Now is your time, fam. <laughs> like, you got nothing but soccer games. Like, Friday morning or Friday afternoon, if you want to watch, and then Saturday morning, Sunday morning, like, get after that. That will be your sports. <laughs> There was also a really funny tweet um, that you, I think, shared about moms sitting in chairs on the sidelines to yell at the refs. They weren't actually doing this, but it was like, to make this an authentic sports experience, you should have <laughs> moms on the sideline yelling at the refs. And I thought that was good. Um, it was very funny. because that would like make for great TV. It really would have. And, and then there would have been like fans... Like, I, I guess I was surprised that maybe, like, players' families aren't there. And then I think about this kid, Holland, who's, like, 19. I'm like, oh, just kidding. You don't have, like, a wife and kids that could just, like, sit here and, like, kind of help with the um, it, atmosphere. But, yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, uh, NASCAR has also made its return. Um, I think that all things considered, that's probably a pretty safe um, sport for the time of COVID. Uh, Obviously the drivers are by themselves in the car. Um, They're not coming into close contact with any other participants. Um, And I'm sure they obviously figured something out with the pit crews, how to keep them um, safe. So, you know, that's something that people are betting on these days. Um, I'm sure more people are betting on NASCAR than they ever have before. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, got a couple, couple sports um, back in action. It's, I mean, you love to see it. And uh, I'm sure I actually, I was reading a front office sports newsletter. I read those in the mornings and, um, they have like little polls at the end. And so yesterday's poll was like, what sport did you watch this weekend when it came back? And I was surprised that like more people didn't watch NASCAR and soccer. I was expecting like all of the like sports people because it's not like um, NASCAR is on super late. It's in the afternoons. Like it has to be daylight. And then like if a soccer match is being played in Germany, if it's in Berlin, like that's, morning time like I uh, maybe for the west coast it's like super early morning but like pretty much across the U.S. it's morning into like early afternoon so it's like the perfect way to start your your day um 
So I'm sure that like that poll was skewed, but still I expected like higher numbers. I mean, there were high numbers, like a higher number of viewership for viewership for the Bundesliga, like because it was the only thing on um, than usual. And it was on a bunch of channels like globally and NASCAR also had pretty good viewership. So like in comparison to other circumstances, um, the viewership was up, but in terms of just like the actual numbers, I was shocked that more people were not watching. So folks, if you need the heads up that sports are back, you have two sports to pick from. (laughs) Um, it's been fun to see some of the sponsorship stuff um, that's happened like with um, base. Was it baseball in Japan? Yeah. Um, how people could basically pay to have a cutout of themselves placed in the stands during the game, <laughs> like as a yeah. fake fan. Um, so I don't know. There's just some, some interesting stuff going on with that. Um, people are definitely getting creative. They are, and with, like, U.S. baseball probably coming back soon, they're, like, getting creative with the sponsorship there in terms of, like, what ads or, like, you know, the advertising that they would have, like, in the stands um, just to, like, kind of fulfill the sponsorship agreement. Like, I'm excited to see how all of these teams, like, pivot so that they can, like, fulfill that agreement but also working under the – assumption that fans won't be in the stands i think it's uh it's just cool to see how people are really being innovative with everything Um, yeah the creative juices are flowing it seems (laughs) (laughs) um so we wanted to uh go through a couple of mailbag items um we've asked listeners to send in topics they would like us to discuss um, one of them being our travel plans post-COVID once it's safe to travel again. Um, if you could go anywhere and didn't have to pay for it, Emily, where would you go? Mm, Thailand. Were, Thailand. Okay. Do you yeah. to see the elephants? No, actually. Just to go eat. <laughs> go eat the Thai food. I would just go to eat the Thai food. Like, I've always wanted to go to Thailand for the food. Like, there's so much cool stuff there. But, like, I travel based off of like the food I want to try um and that is that is one of the travel experience so exactly where would you go if like you could go anywhere if it was safe and I could go anywhere um I would go to Italy and do like a Rome Florence Venice um Amalfi Coast trip with the fam um being super basic I studied abroad there and um the rest of my family hasn't been to most of those areas um so when things are safe again definitely at some point I want to do a family trip there also um you know how much I love pasta so the food is definitely part of that decision Um, (laughs) but and then um realistically I guess once things are safe again to travel Um, Where would you want to take your next trip domestically? Ooh. That's, that's a hard one because I, I like keep telling my grandmother, I'm going to go visit her in Rochester. And so that, I think that might be the, yeah, that might be the next, but if it's cold, like after September, I don't want to go to Rochester. And if like, that's the next time I can travel, I'm not really trying to go to upstate New York. 
Um, Might have to be like a spring summer thing. Yes, it is definitely a like even she it snowed in New York a couple weeks ago when I talked to her like before Mother's Day and she's like, oh, yeah, it just snowed this week. I'm like, oh, disgusting. (laughs) Um, So I think my first domestic trip when things are good will probably be to Colorado. It's like it's home. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, hope to see you soon. I mean, <laughs> that's, hope. Um, that's tough. I think actually, no, that's not difficult. Um, I need to go home to Idaho to see my parents. Um, I haven't been there since last summer. Um, I was there for that's, a wedding on the lake, wow. which was fun. Um, but yeah, I need to go back there. Um, also have been trying to go to Austin. Um, it's great. You not know, right now, but usually it's great. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but, um, yeah, Se- or not Seattle. Um, Idaho, Austin, maybe Seattle. One of those three, probably. Um, all good choices and all, like, good places to visit once they're hustling and bustling. Yeah. Definitely want to be able to do the trip right. And uh, I guess if I'm going home you know, bars don't need to be open because I'm going to be hanging out with my parents and stuff. Um, but if I were to go to Seattle or Austin, I would definitely want it to be a fun experience. And, um, that could, could be a while before we see things, um, you know, back in that kind of a swing. So yeah. And part of going postpone those trips and at least in Austin, like going and seeing live music like that, I, that's something that is, it's hard. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right, right? Yeah. There's, like, always music, and so it's just weird. And, like, if you know people in bands, you're just like, wow, like, this just – it kind of sucks for them for sure because they're, like, they're not out there doing what they love. So um, Yeah, definitely thinking of the people who, uh, you know, like, in-person stuff is their business, livelihood, passion. Yeah. Um so completely switching gears it's um, mailbag it works it's fine <laughs> yeah you know obviously um with minimal sports happening right now um we all are learning more about um some sports that maybe we didn't even know existed such yep. as the underwater torpedo league <laughs> <laughs> what a wild thing um so last week we joked about you know maybe there are other sports out there that we don't know about like similar along the lines of underwater basket weaving. Um, this actually came up. (laughs) Um, it sounds like a highly stressful sport. Yes. Uh, so two former Marine Raiders, um, founded this sport. Um, and apparently that is an elite unit of the U S Marine Corps. So the elite of the elite, (laughs) um, (laughs) So they played in a pool um, that's 13 to 14 feet deep, which already sounds stressful. And the goal is to get a 10-inch long um, torpedo-shaped toy into a hockey net that is anchored at the bottom of the pool. Um, So players can move the torpedo by swimming with it. They can hand it off or pass it to another team member. But all of this is while they're underwater. And they can come up to surface to take a breath, but not if they're holding the torpedo. (laughs) Um, 
And tackling, pulling, anything, you know, kind of aggressive like that um, are only allowed on the player who has the torpedo. So that's sounds stressful. I'm like, I would not want get get that out of my hands. <laughs> um, they can't kick, punch, choke, anything like that. Um, and apparently there are a lot of MMA fighters who participate in this league. So that's huh. kind of interesting. I mean, those are very intense people, so I guess it kind of makes sense, but... Yeah, and, like, it's a good, like... I was gonna say it's a very, like, low-impact activity for, like, training, but, like, if someone's (laughs) attacking you, that's not low-impact. Yeah. Um, and fins are forbidden, so they can't look like sharks during this activity. Um, that would help them move faster, I guess. Um, and... Yeah, it kind of keeps it low impact. Um, And a match goes until a team has scored five goals, which typically apparently takes about 10 minutes. And they get about 30 seconds between each um, match to regroup. And it's a best of three. So I guess kind of like volleyball in a way. Um, So they're basically doing a 10-minute match, 30 seconds in between, another 10-minute match, potentially another 30 seconds and then another 10 minute match all underwater where they're only briefly coming up for air. It sounds like, it sounds like Michael Phelps would excel at this game. It really does. Um, so yes, that's called the underwater torpedo league. Um, you can look it up. There's tons of information out there about it. Uh, there are videos as well. Um, it's hardcore. Yeah. I do not, I cannot hold my breath for very long. And I can barely even um, go snorkeling, let alone scuba diving. So I just don't think this is the sport for me. But, you know, maybe if you have better lungs than I do, you know, could be a good sport for you to get involved with. Good and low impact. I think it's so funny. So Emily joked about, like, finding the underwater basket weaving sport. And, like, the next day found this. And... At first, when you sent this, I didn't think it was real. Oh, it's real. Like ESPN was like sharing stuff about it. I was like, oh my goodness. This like is like water polo, like on crack. And like it's underwater. So, of course, it's just like more intense. And I mean, I still haven't grabbed my mind around water polo and how difficult that sounds, let alone this where you're physically your head's underwater for most of it it seems like okay no I, I would wonder if like so you like hold your breath and like you go up when you know that you're not gonna get the thing like you don't torpedo. yeah i mean i guess no one can pass to you when you're above water yeah but. so each like set like if you have someone who like was working really hard in the first one and they're like i just need to take a breather and they keep like going up for air like for the second one, like that could be a good tactic. I, I wonder if that's how they like do that, just that people aren't dying. I just had a thought. How do the goalies survive? Because um, if they're above water, they can't see where the torpedo is at. <laughs> um, this is a very good question. <laughs> we may have to watch some of this. Yeah, more than just like the clips. Like, yeah, we may have to watch like a full on match huh? to be better this educated. Is, if you are a player of underwater torpedo, 
activities. Hit us up. Tell us how this works. Give us a like in-depth uh, explanation because I'm hoping that the goalie just like keeps coming up whenever his team, his or her team, like is in possession of the torpedo because then they're like, all right, that gives me like a couple seconds to like, go up, get some air, come back. Or maybe there's like a scuba tank down there for it. I don't know. We're going to find out. We'll We're learn a lot. We'll do some homework on that. Um, another sport that a listener wrote in about um, is axe throwing, which we have all seen axe throwing pop up as a um, activity for friends, a date activity yep. even. And a bachelor party activity. Yep. Or a bachelorette. You never know. That's true. There are for sure women who would love to have that as a excuse me, bachelorette party. Either way, I'm like aren't bachelor and bachelorette parties typically where people are drinking axe throwing <laughs> probably should be part of that yeah so um did a little research into this uh the initial sport um is believed to have started back in 500 ad which is a very long time ago um for you mathematicians not me <laughs> um it was popular amongst European people, uh, including the Germans and the Czechoslovakians, um, which I think we both have some of that heritage. Yep. Um, so <laughs> it became popular in Europe over the past 20 years or so, but in the U.S. it's really only gained traction in the past couple of years and not really as a league thing, but just more so like a the new escape room kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so would you personally ever go to one of these axe throwing venues and participate? Yeah. Like my community group, like we try to like put together, I haven't gone, but like we, as a group we're like, Oh, we should go. But so you have to reserve the space. And I don't think, so our group is like pretty big. So we'd have to split. Um, but then like everything closed, but yeah, that was like on the list of things to do because there's an axe throwing place in Austin. And um, I said like bachelor party because the wedding I was in last summer, like the groom, that's what they went and did the night before the wedding, like for his bachelor party is go axe throwing. Hmm. Well, maybe uh, post quarantine, you can uh, provide us with an update about your experience. I'm like... I'm, I think it's gonna be a very fun experience. People seem to really like it. Um, when I saw that it was like an activity people were like super into, I was like, ah, okay. It makes me think of, I had some friends in Boulder who, when they would have, um, they'd have parties and it would, where people would like drink and throw like a hammer at nails in wood. I'm like, ah, this is what the throwing axes makes me think of. It's just people doing wild stuff. <laughs> would you go do axe throwing? Um, no, I broke my leg going up the stairs in my apartment. <laughs> I just landed on it wrong. So, um, I just don't think that this is probably the activity for me. I think it's a okay. little high risk. Um, yep. I don't think I would even just go because I think <laughs> I feel like something bad would happen even if I wasn't participating actively. Um, but I look forward to one day hearing about your, um, experience participating in this activity send you a video and i'll for sure send a, an update on how it goes <laughs> for the group yeah yeah um, um what is your hot take this week so as we know the michael jordan the last dance documentary just wrapped up yeah and um 
very good, very fun. And I saw something on Twitter where someone was like, the next one should be Tiger Woods. And my hot take, which is like the usual hot take is I like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is one of my favorite athletes. Um, I think that he should get one. Absolutely. He should get like a documentary like Michael Jordan. Um, Tiger Woods is an incredible golfer, which feels weird to say, but I love Tiger Woods. Um, despite his off course shenanigan <laughs> like i don't care he still seems to be an okay dude and he's he was very very good at golf and like um yeah what's your uh, hot take um well i think there's a lot of content that they could cover with tiger woods yes and i i wouldn't necessarily want it to be like when he started doing poorly um, because I think that his life kind of went off the rails and like, I don't think that's fair to him or his family to like do something on that. Like that, I don't think that needs to be public consumption, but just like, you know, kind of his rise where all of a sudden he was the dude, he was the face of golf. Like Tiger Woods is probably the only reason I know anyone's name in golf. And like, he was just like so big. He made golf like cool, even though normally i'm like golf is something that my dad likes to go do have fun with that um but like tiger woods makes it exciting um all the golf fans please don't like at me about this i like what i like i'm sorry it's fine um so yeah it would be a very it would be fun to watch a documentary kind of on his rise and like when he kind of reached his peak because he was just so good yeah very interesting story to tell there for sure um so my hot take this week is regarding the song watermelon sugar by harry styles what a dude i hate it (laughs) (laughs) everyone this song obviously it's been out since last year but yeah it's really i don't know if it's because of tiktok or what but it's really seems to have gained a lot of popularity in the past couple weeks yes i cannot stand to listen to it Luckily, I don't listen to the radio. I really only listen to curated playlists on Spotify and then whatever I already have on my own playlist. Um, but, oh, my God. I can just hear it now, and I'm like, make it stop. It's um, been stuck in my head for the last, like, two weeks. Everyone loves it, and I just – it's not for me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the content of the song. It's just the the tune, the repetitive words. I just – bugs me um so i'm out i'm out on watermelon sugar okay fortunately Um, harry styles has many other songs on harry styles whoa that is a hot take (laughs) that is a hot take my brother was like when his album came out he's like listen to it it's really good it came out this about the same time as another album that i was really liking now i can't remember what it was but i was like okay and then i started listening to it i listened to the whole thing through and i did not like one song Ooh, okay. So, you know, wow. when he was part of One Direction, sure, liked their music for what it was. Um, but I just don't think he's for me. Musically. Wow. Wow. So. I recently discovered liking him, like, at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> I was like, man, I understand why everyone loves this man so much. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, nope. 
I'm out. Well, the trend continues of me dropping a hot take and then segueing into a hotter one, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always think I have my hot take and then it, I'm like, nope, that wasn't it, apparently. I mean, it was a hot take because people like love that and because he like released the music video recently and whatever. Yeah. But like, you just not liking Harry Styles' music is just like, whew. Yeah, I feel like this happens where the more we get to talking about my what I thought was my hot take, we segue into something that is significantly more of a hot take. Um, so we'll just keep keep up with that trend. Um, I like it. It's good. <laughs> what wine are you enjoying lately? Um, you know, it is, for folks who don't know, it's roughly a thousand degrees in Austin, Texas. And um, we are now to a place where it is white claws, it is beer. And it is white wines. So the be lovely Riesling. I'm a big fan of Rieslings. They're just so like fruity and fresh and summery. It's a what cute are you? Yeah, yeah it, and it's a cute bottle. So I picked it because it was a cute bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, it As like we do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's it was like a cute bottle. And then I read the description where it said like the different fruit notes, and I was like, I'm in. That sounds like I want that. Um, and it was just it was very pleasant. Sounds great. Yeah, what's your wine that you've been all about lately? Um, I recently got a bottle of Stella Pinot Grigio. Um, Mm -hmm. I originally bought this like a few years ago because the bottle was cute. Um, It's like a little backdrop of um, somewhere in Italy with a lady on a Vespa. Um, And it's from um, southern Italy and... Um, just really light, easy drinking wine, easy, t- you know, just like a $10 bottle of table wine. It's not fancy, but um, I feel like it tastes pretty good for the price point. Um, so that's what I've been having this week. What um, personal plugs do you have other than for your Be Lovely wine? Ooh. So the usual Follow Sports and Corks on Instagram and Twitter. We're funny on both, and we have very happy content. I am not biased in this or anything, but we have pretty happy content given the circumstances. So you can follow us at Sports and Corks. Um, we will not then, be sharing any stress-inducing news on either no. account. So only good news here. We are like only happy, good things happening in sports. That is who we, and just like funny things because. Funny things happen. There's still good, like, memes happening right now. There's so much funny stuff happening. Um, and then if you could subscribe, rate, leave a review, and, like, tell a friend, just be like, hey, check out this podcast. These women are funny and very engaging. And talk about sports. So, like, when those of you who, like, don't really care about sports, you can go to the water cooler in five months or a year and be like, yeah, I know what's going on with sports. So like, we will help you BS your way through small talk on Monday mornings. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) And then like, keep sending anything that you want us to discuss um, that you want to hear. That's like sports. I think that the just random sports thing has been a very fun rabbit hole to just like look at new sports. Um, And then tailgate society, we would not be here without them hosting this wonderful podcast so check out the content um most recently there was the new music monday of country music for people who hate country music did you Uh, do that emily i did not do that sylvia june did um she does the five on it where she'll like pick five songs and talk about it and it'll be a theme and then on monday there's like she'll pick music there 
And um, yeah, this week it was just like new-ish country music from like this year um, that like folks like me who don't really listen to country music that isn't Taylor Swift or Casey Musgraves can like get down with. This actually seems like more country music than Casey Musgraves or Taylor Swift. But like, I'm not here to make that decision. (laughs) Go check out that content and follow the Tailgate Society on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all of the content. Do you have any personal plugs, Emily? Um, Well, I'm definitely interested in that country um, thing. So I'll have to check that out afterwards. Um, But you have been doing um, some podcasts about Harry Potter, sounds like, called Culture Check with another um, Tailgate Society contributor. Um, Who who doesn't love Harry Potter? Um, A lot of people I've learned, but... Uh, Well, if you do... (laughs) Yes. This is for you. So it's a short um, kind of mini series podcast about Harry Potter, if I understand correctly. Yes, it's about the books, movies. It's if you have not read or watched Harry Potter, probably don't. We'll like spoil things, but like it's all about it. It's all Harry Potter. It's talking about um, like we've talked about social justice in Harry Potter and we've talked about should Harry and Ginny really have been together and all the things. So how many episodes are there? So right now there are six episodes out. There will be seven total because seven is oh, the number you know, of books. The number of books and it's like the most magically powerful number in this context. So um yeah there'll be those episodes so we talk about our favorite book, our favorite movie or our favorite books, we talk about our favorite movie scenes, our favorite moments in the books, and then just kind of like side characters. And um, we go into a lot of different things. We go down rabbit holes, kind of like how you and I do. Arnold and I also have gone down rabbit holes of Harry Potter. And it's, and it's only seven episodes. It's not like a giant time commitment, but it's just enough, you know, to get you through your work day. So um, my place for people to check that out. Thank you for plugging it. It warms my heart. Of course. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, that's all that, that and- I have for this week. <laughs> I feel like whenever I say that, it always sounds wrong because I don't have a good French accent. <laughs> fin, fin, is it fin or is it fin? I don't know. The end. Thanks for listening. Emily and Emily Sports and Court.